You strike me as the bear type. Welcome aboard the USS Boda. This is your captain, not Patrick Stewart speaking. You're listening to Dork Trek. Dorktrek.com. Engage, Mr. Manny. All right, welcome to a brand new episode of Dork Trek, the longest running, non-consecutive, most irreverent podcast, Star Trek podcast in the entire galaxy. Hello and welcome. My name is Bob. I'm your host. Hi. We're joined today by uh, Jenny. Now, what you, are you are you uh, intoxicated, or are you just feeling 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 nice? No, I'm just feeling good. Okay, so we're joined start by start talking uh, to Jenny when she has food in her mouth. Mm-hmm. That's yep. a good, mm-hmm. like good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. Nom, nom, nom. I said we were longest running. I didn't say we were any good, Dennis. <laughs> we also we're also joined by Ben McCormick. Hello, Ben. I I just thought it was great though because we're watching on the monitor and just as she like goes in with the uh, cheese and meats. It's just like, mm-hmm. so Teddy, tell me about, uh, damn it. <laughs> I remember when we used to eat on the radio, people would get so mad, like, stop chewing on the air. We're like, shut yeah. up. We got to eat lunch too, dicks. Yeah, but it, mm, mouth, mouth noise and, and I'm out. Torres was, I mean, he would just sit there and eat muffins and just, dude, it's my man. And we would tell him to stop. He's like, I'm trying to eat my lunch. And he would always get so mad at us. It was, it was always fun. Lunchtime was always an adventure with, with that one. But yeah, so today, what's the name of this dumbass episode that we're reviewing? The episode is Learning Curve. Learning Curve. This is the episode. There was none for the writers in the first season. <laughs> <laughs> it, it first aired on the 22nd of May. 1995. This is the episode that I've been referencing since we started Voyager. I actually caught this one night on Heroes and Icons, which you can get on most like, you know, point whatever channels. I don't know, direct to, I don't know what they even call them anymore. But like, if you have a TV and an antenna hookup, you can get Heroes and Icons. It's pretty cool. They run Star Trek from eight to midnight uh, and they go and like release chronological order so enterprise is last i was watching voyager for a stretch we were getting close because i was like what are we in for for voyager and Mm. this was one of the first episodes i saw and i was like holy shit we're gonna cancel this fucking podcast we're not even gonna do it anymore this episode (laughs) i mean i can remember the build-up to getting here all the times you've talked about this cheese episode Mm -hmm. god it really triggered you Triggered is a strong word. And I am using it because it was... <laughs> you, this is an anchor memory for you. It this, is. This, you, when you think of Voyager, probably one of the first episodes you'll think of is this cheese Well, it's episode. just so fucking preposterously dumb. Like, yeah. And the, and the weird part is it could be a really good episode. Like that's, and I think that for me is the the story of voyager like this episode the mark constantly yes thank you jenny this episode could be so so good because you're dealing with real tensions and real emotions and you have this maquis crew that has been kind of uh kind of absorbed by the federation and as we know the maquis and the federation they don't get along and they've been on this ship and they're 70 light years from home and there's all this tension and frustration but yet we see none of that throughout the first season but then we get this episode and it's like okay these are real these are real things that we could discuss Mm -hmm. and deal with so it has the potential of being good but then they throw in the idea that neelix's homemade cheese is is destroying the ship Mm -hmm. 
Like literally, because Dennis, Dennis, I've mentioned this episode, and Dennis, you brought up a good point. Now, I I when you said that before, I thought, I thought, no, well, that's risky with minor. But uh, I, I originally thought that uh, you meant that the people on the ship were. No. I didn't mean the people on the ship because that would have at least made sense that the people on the ship were getting sick from the stinky cheese. Nay, the ship itself, the cheese that Neelix made was causing the ship to malfunction. (laughs) And what the the worst part is like, you've been talking about this episode since the first episode of our, of Dork Trek Voyager. You've been preparing me for how bad it was. And I'm sitting there watching it like, holy shit, this is terrible. Like the bar (laughs) was set low. I knew it was going to be bad. And it was just as bad as I expected, if not worse. (laughs) But the thing that frustrates me, though, is it could be good. Like there are some real there's some real good pieces here, but it's just kind of just covered in shit. See, I would have liked more of this throughout the entire series this yes kind of thing. Mm-hmm. the conflict between the crew and um neelix almost destroying the ship and then finally about halfway through the second season they get tired of him and toss his ass out an airlock <laughs> i mean it it works for and it would be the mike that do that would be like their big revolt where they're like don't you see he's the reason we're not getting home if you kill gilligan we get off the fucking island <laughs> And they just like shwink, out the airlock, and then you know the show lasts two more seasons, and they get home. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking as I was watching it that like this is the episode that we were kind of waiting for since the beginning. Like you know, putting these two different groups together in the ship, and like it's just the perfect recipe for tension and for conflict. And like this could have been the thing. Like this was basically what we were waiting for, but it was just terrible. Which is terrible. Yeah, it should have been the whole first season. Should have been this. Yes. yes. But the main Maquis characters all conformed so fast to Starfleet that you, we didn't get to experience any of it. Yeah. Conformist. Yeah. I mean, there like, were t- like the little hints, like you know, it's like when you're eating food and it's almost seasoned, but it's not, and you're like, w- <laughs> was that a hint of actual flavor? No. Oh. All through the first season, you had that. And then, like, for me, though, I was automatically, just because of this rewatch and watching them so close together and in order, as soon as we're on the holodeck, I'm like, it's a fucking holodeck episode. God damn. And then the kids disappeared. It's just like, yeah, how's it I thought it it was going to be another energy being. It's going to, yeah, it's something's malfunctioned. The Maquis crew screws up. The cheese fucks something, because I know it's the cheese episode. And Janeway gets trapped in her Harlequin romance holo novel. I hope they don't, you know, just keep edging us with this. Let us know what happens with this stupid holodeck story. Because you know <laughs> something's up with the mom. The mom isn't dead. She's a ghost. She, no, yeah, she's, she's a ghost. up. No, she's up on the third. Like, remember there was whatever you do. Oh, she's like Miss. Never go to the next floor. You know, the 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 housemaid said she could never go to the certain floor of the house in the previous one, and that. And like, I want to look this up because I don't, this is such a minor story point that I have no recollection of this other than it was a thing that happened. So (laughs) I I just, 
I want to know more, but at the same time, I want to wait and then let it, ha- you know, like I want to experience it as it happens. Don't you find out, don't you think with this show, you know, you'll be disappointed? I don't know. Cause I know they shifted gears and they stopped going here and she started going to this Irish village at one point. Yeah. 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 And I, so I'm like, wait, how did we get from that? Is that part of this? When does David S. Pumpkins show up? I mean, I, <laughs> I have so many fucking questions. Any yes. questions? Yes, so I have many, several. So many. <laughs> that would actually be a great show if they did that. Because I'll be honest, like, after seeing this, if I was watching this back when it came out, I would have stopped watching the show after this season. It was the end of the season. Yeah. Like, what a way to leave it off. Like, just like, basically, bye. I never, never want to watch this ever again. Yeah, they well, no. don't, there's no hook. They don't give you any reason to want to come back. The ending is no. so infuriating. Mm-hmm. Was there like a writer's strike or something that caused it to just end abruptly? No. There should have been. I was looking for anything to give them an excuse. Should have been a writer firing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, there will be soon. Because, I mean, I'm trying to see who the... It was written by uh, Wilkerson and Matthias. So the guys from DS9 haven't uh, got uh, released from DS9 yet. And here's the thing. I need you to understand that what you're watching right now is paying for all of the goodness that you saw in DS9. Because this series had so many problems and they were so invested in making it successful, the network and the studio focused all of their energy on mm-hmm. this yes and because of that nobody was paying attention to ron moore and ira bear and those guys mm-hmm. over on ds9 and they were able to run wild relatively speaking and get by with oh instead of a two-parter let's make that a four-parter did anybody so- notice no oh let's make it a six-part story arc and bring back <laughs> this character did anybody notice and they didn't because they were too busy going, wait, what if we have The Rock meet Seven of Nine? It's because DS9 was like the middle child. Yeah. Nobody's paying attention to that one because everybody's looking at the oldest one with all the expectations and the youngest one that they're trying to like baby. Yeah. Middle child's just like, I'll fucking do what I want. DS9 is the Gen X of Star Trek. <laughs> Everybody like forgot it existed. But I, I And think... it's the best one. It is the best one, but the, the the part about Voyager I think that gets me is I feel like we're not the only ones that feel this way about the show. Uh, Brian Fuller, who worked on Voyager, famously kind of pontificates in the book that Ben and I have both read that we've said we're going to review that we've never reviewed on the Patreon <laughs> in, in, in the second half of it that Voyager could have been something so much more but it, they just didn't try hard enough they weren't they didn't push the envelope they just kind of stayed with the status quo and I think you see a lot of that in this first season and it's going to continue on mm-hmm for the i guess the the six more seasons the sixth yeah the 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 rest of the series and i guess there there will be standout episodes and there are some good voyager episodes but i mean there's gonna be a lot of bullshit i I, okay so i was gonna save this for later but i'll go ahead and say i i and it may have been because you built up my expectations so much 
that it was a reverse effect. Just like whenever somebody tells me about a show that's just so good, it's so good. Oh man, you gotta watch this. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Oh my God, it's so good. Oh, oh it's so good, right? And they just on and on about how good it is. And then I'm like, when I watch it, I'm like, oh, it was shit. It wasn't that good. You know, it, you yeah. just, you've killed I'm everything. sitting right here, Ben. I'm sitting right here. <laughs> so... <laughs> So for you to go on and on, and this it wasn't since we started Voyager. It was like we were. Like I was pretty still, outraged the moment I saw it. I'm not. Yeah, gonna we, lie. we we were starting into. We were still deep in DS9. Yeah. When you right. were talking about how much you dislike this. Yeah. So after all of that, even though I've seen it before, I started like you know I I kind of it did the reverse of the it's so good with it's so bad it's so bad it's so bad that when I watched it tonight I'm just like. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. That's generally how I felt about all of Voyager up until this point. This one was just as bad as I expected. Yeah, I did not have that problem then. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to rate this quite highly, actually. All right, okay. that's but, your choice. I mean, you know, because again, so I we don't know have to talk about it. We can just go to ratings now. <laughs> go straight to ratings. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, and, and I can I can see how maybe some of that did rub off that I did kind of talk about how dumb this episode was for so very long. But I mean, I feel like I really have a leg to stand on. This episode's really fucking stupid. And I think it's really bad because it could have been good. Like this could have been, I, my problem with it, Ben, and I think we can finally talk about it now, is mm -hmm. the failed potential behind it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, because when you look at the episode, you go, this can't be that bad. I mean, there's the Maquis and the and the other things going on. And Tuvok mm -hmm. is trying to whip him into shape. Cheese. And it's got a cool vibe to it. And then all of a sudden, the cheese comes out of nowhere. And you're just like, what the fuck are we doing here? The cheese takes over the show. Like, everything becomes about the cheese all of a sudden. Yeah. Was the cheese even that big of a deal, though? Was it really that much that it, it stood out to you that much? Man, it was just it, it was coronavirus. And it wasn't even it wasn't <laughs> even a, a good solid cheese. It was more of like a soft French cheese. It looked like Watergate salad. It looked like he was throwing Watergate salad into the stir fry pot and cooking it. It's terrible. I mean, I mean yeah. it's got things that you got a holodeck malfunction, you've got Neelix heavy. I mean, all the things that you're supposed to hate about uh, Voyager is the ingredients are here, so I will give that. I mean, the whole ship basically comes to a crashing halt because of the effect this cheese had on the circuitry. Mm hmm Well, it's see, and that's just a, that's it's not just circuitry, it's 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 the uh what the do you warp call it? core, it's everything. It, it's the the whole and I do have to apologize, the bioneurogel. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it, well, you know, it's one of the things that makes the ship work the way it works. And it's this big Dumb. breakthrough in technology. Dumb. But it's bio, right? So if it's biological, then it runs the potential of getting infection. And so this was just a way to explore it because they're, they're working outside of the parameters that this thing was designed on. That, that galley was the, the captain's private mess up until, you know, Neelix took over and, and had renovations done. He wasn't supposed to be, you know, nobody was supposed to be chopping up food up in that joint and, and growing cheese. Okay. Number one, where did he get the bacteria to make cheese? And number two, if it's that bad that it was infecting the ship, mm -hmm. he's going to serve this to people to eat? Mm -hmm. 
you, you, oh, uh, yeah, you, you, you've, eaten, sick. you've eaten worse. Yes. I guarantee to you <laughs> with the cheeses and shit that we eat. Mm-hmm. But I don't serve it to other people. I make that choice myself. <laughs> Man, they don't have that luxury on the Voyager. They're 70 <laughs> years from Earth. 70 light years. Yeah, they're really far. Yeah, they're 70, really, 70 years. years. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 70,000 light years. At some point in this episode, mm-hmm. okay, we all watched it. We've all seen it. Mm-hmm. They force an actor to spout out the, the the dribble of get that cheese to sickbay. I mean, <laughs> what? I mean, you say like, is it really all about the cheese? Yes, Ben, it is. It's all about the cheese. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? And that's only one of the most ridiculous lines in this episode. I <laughs> uh, see, and, and I will agree that they're bad lines, but I, I don't. I think much worse than that is the line that they end on. Oh God! Right, and I did this. I think you're right there with me because I did. I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> in in that scene, there's the well, and before that, when the this conduit's getting hot. And for what's her name to go, and so am I. And <laughs> okay. There's but just yeah, the ending. The ending line was the one that killed me for it. If so. you can learn to bend the rules, I guess we can learn to follow them. Cheesy grin. Fucking. Cut to credits. What? Yeah. When does Urkel show up and ask if he did that? I mean, it, it's it, this was some '90s sitcom bullshit ending. Yes. So like that's the, the part I have hard. Them, the whole scene of them like playing pool and you know bantering and shit. It felt like a buddy cop show. Well, right up until he he went truth on him when he's like, "Oh, you want to get to know me? Do you want to get to know me? Okay, we grew up. You know, I lived on this shitty little colony planet, and then the Cardassians came and they murdered and raped my wife, not necessarily in that order, in front of me. So I decided to join the Maquis. I was like, "Whoa, dude." That's my whole that's my whole point though. It's like there is real tension and 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 emotions and raw feelings, but we don't see any of that. And if anyone should kind of personalize and kind of uh, carry that weight more than anyone, it should be Chakotay. I mean Chakotay, he was a, a Maquis captain. And he gets aboard the ship and he's like, yep, this is what it is. Get yeah, you. but he was also a former Starfleet officer. Yeah, but I mean, come on, you can't, like, you're just going from one extreme to the other like that? Like, what kind of person are you? You're obviously insane. Okay. <laughs> but, I don't know. I, I, I just... And we had, yeah. had we seen any of these people on the ship before yeah. this episode? How did they hide these outrageous personalities from us this whole season? Yeah. The blue There's, guy. The blue always, guy. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Do, don't, don't your kind usually cut hair? And the, the cutter. Bl- and the, speaking of cutting, the cutter kid. Because you know that kid, he, he's slicing his arms at night. Is he a cutter or is he goth? Because you know he listens to some edgy music. There's overlap in those two mm-hmm. groups. Okay. Because I, you know, but he's definitely a 90s goth kid. Yeah. As I yeah. recall from yeah. the 90s. 
but it's just like, dude, there's a blue guy who looks like Curly Howard running around this episode, <laughs> but we've never seen him before. Like, well, they keep him on the lower decks. Where the fuck is he? And that's another thing. This episode kind of harkens back to Lower Decks, which is a really great Star Trek episode. Written mm-hmm. by the same people. Yeah, so how do you do that? Wow. Oh, see, that's that's exactly... See, Dennis, if I did not know that. Um, so for me, that's one hit wonder. Oh, man, they loved Lower Decks. So just like we've said before with Voyager so far, you find the one that worked on TNG and you copy it. And now that you've said who the writers that the writers did that other one, yeah, it's like, oh shit, what was the most successful episode we ever did? What did the fans really dig? Well, that lower decks one was good. Yeah, yeah, let's do it again. This time, how can we bring the worst out of these people? That's what they're saying every time. (laughs) But, but again, I think they're you, you, you get lucky one time and then you just keep writing that same story over and over with different variations. It's like uh, Kolchak. If you ever watch the TV movies, the first one, great. Like it's the top rated TV movie of all time when it came out, right? The second one, if you watch the second one, it's really just the same fucking story, except they moved it to Seattle. <laughs> it's, I mean, it beat for beat. It's very, it's like, how did, how did this? And supposedly there was going to be a third one that was in Hawaii. It's going to be the same thing. Thanks. I've read the outline. It's just like, what? Wow, how would Holchek's, how is his suit, Kolchek's suit play in Hawaii? That would be weird. Well, no, it's a summer suit, though. It's it's seersucker. True, it's true. It, it, the, the more concern was how did it play in Chicago in the hardest part of winter? That's true. Which it did throughout the, uh, yeah. the series. No, but so this episode is the same thing, though. It's just like these, these two writers, they got that one hit, and now they're just like, yeah, just phone it in. We still get a check. Just Dude, love how it always comes back to Kolchak. But Kolchak's great. It's I really was, good. I was cleaning the, the TV shelf and had to move the DVDs. And I'm like, oh, I haven't seen these in a while. So that's why it's top of my mind. It's just, I, there's just so much to it. That's just. Plus even the bad TV, the second uh, Kolchak that was bad is better than this episode. Just, just say. not difficult. <laughs> low, low bar to low bar. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I'm just, I. It's just, it's just disappointing. So the, the whole impetus of this, of this starting is she's on her little uh, Harlequin romance novel holodeck story, and when it goes wrong, and she calls up to the bridge to see what the hell's happening. There's a power drain. And then when they find out who it's, it's uh, what's his name? Uh, Dolby. Dolby. You know, Master gave Dolby a sock and now he can fix the transporters. But it's. um, I was thinking Thomas Dolby. That's what I thought. (laughs) He blinded them all with science. He blinded them all with science. So the only reason that she made such a big stink about it is that her personal holodeck situation had mm-hmm. been interrupted before she could get off yeah and then like and then when we see the next scene when they're in the captain's quarters with chakotay and tuvok and her 
and they're talking about, well, you know, why are the, you know, why are the Mikey doing this? And why is he doing this? Like, well, maybe they're just frustrated. And I'm like, yeah, I'd be frustrated too. If you were taking up all the holodeck time with your fucking Harlequin romance. She's the, she's the captain. She can do what she wants. Yeah. Well, she's also eating up all the other people's time. So that's why you're frustrated. Riker would be frustrated if he couldn't go to the holodeck when he needed to. I'm trying to get my nut on and I can't get my nut on. As you said in an earlier episode, just jerk off. Yeah. Just jerk off. It's yeah, so like, why do you need all this theatrics? Because the third year at the Academy is theater. So it's... Oh, my gosh. And and I just now saw... I, I went back... I'm like, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this or the uh, the Memory Alpha. And that's another thing, too. I mean, the Wikipedia pages... I know Bambi has a, a certain respect and admiration for the people that update and maintain these wikipedia pages mm-hmm. but these wikipedia pages for these voyager episodes are just it's just filled with unnecessary pompous ridiculousness i mean just so it's filler upon filler it's like they're getting paid by the word here it's ridiculous i don't need the plot breakdown and the background and summary a 45 minute television show was released in may 1995 and it was the last show of the first season some of the crew of the maquis ship val jean which had become part of voyage i don't need all this i don't i don't need any of this stuff it's what are we doing i think like, i missed look, that the the maquis ship was named after jean valjean jean valjean yeah yeah i definitely missed that a dumb tie-in to the eddington well, yeah. no, it, which came first, the Eddington episode or this? I don't know. Because when we started watching this, I was like, oh, shit, is that an Eddington knockoff? Because they did mention it in Caretaker. But um, I, I don't know if I'm thinking, though, that Eddington came f- second. But it's, again, lazy writers. Whoever, whoever copied who. He's a generous lover. Eddington always comes second. Yes. <laughs> I, can sp- I speak from experience. Look, okay, so I had I literally power bald. I literally had one question. Hang on. From this Go ahead, episode, ask your question. Right. And it was when they were in their little training outfits and they were doing their run. What was the fucking sneakers they were wearing? Right? In their little training outfit. And I just found it on the uh memory alpha page that uh they're customized versions of the Air Jordan 10. So that literally, I can go to bed now. You know, if you want my rating, I'm, that was I'm your one question. That literally was the only. It's like everything else is like, yeah, whatever. I don't, I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. And then I saw the shoes, and I'm like, but those, those, they didn't make it's those. Gotta shoes. be the shoes. They didn't make those shoes. So they're customized. They're like a modified version of a real shoe that was out in 1995. And I'm, I, I was like, there has to be a web page that tells this answer. And I didn't, I gave it like a five minute search, didn't read all through the thing. And I They're using Air story. Jordans. They should have had uh, Spike Lee make a guest appearance at some point. He could have been the cheese guy. Yeah. He could have been the actual piece of cheese that was poisoning the whole system. <laughs> I Give just it want a personality. A, I just want a good shot of Tuvok walking through the ship, but with one of those Spike Lee from the 90s angles where, you know, it's like attached to him. So the world looks like it's moving behind him while he's walking. Do you not remember that cinematic? Yeah, he still used that in uh, Inside Man, which came yeah. out in like 2006 or seven or something. Like now, that. according to um, this, I guess the search episode part one 
um, is an episode of Voyager from, excuse me, of Deep Space Nine from season three. And so that was in September of 94 when Eddington is kind of introduced, I guess. Well, that's when he's introduced, but when was Cisco like blowing up a fucking planet? Because Eddington holod- Holodeck comes onto the ship and he's like, you know, just, you know, you're, you're, you're coming after me. Yeah, I remember like, that episode. Inspector, was yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm probably going to say it was after because that was in 94. This episode came out in 95. 95 so I don't and think it. Caretaker was in January of 95. Yeah. The first time mm-hmm. it was mentioned. There could have been some overlap. I don't know. But again, that just, it's for either way, just. Eddington, it with, yeah, here it is. It worked with Eddington because Eddington was a hack and thought too highly of himself to compare himself to Jean Valjean. But I don't know. Then they just went back to the well. Maybe they're just recycling. I maybe. I mean, maybe it was just an accident where no one knew what the left hand didn't know what the right hand was doing. Do you know what I really get the vibe from a lot of times with with some of the the not good Star Trek. And and I and I speak of this from personal experience, but it's it's the the pompous ass that has a shelf full of books that he pretends like he read because he was supposed to have read them so he can look I'm staring smarter. right at your bookshelf behind you. I, I said, I know this from firsthand experience. <laughs> okay. Um, making sure somebody called you out personally, but it it's, it's the, Oh, I read this in 10th grade. So yeah. I'm, I'm wicked smart. I, mm-hmm. you know, I know what the subtext of Fahrenheit 451 is, so I'm going to do an entire episode of it. But since you lame brains didn't read Fahrenheit 451, you okay, probably think please. it's about censorship. Yeah, see this. Um, and that's the, what they do here. For the uniform was 97, so that was two years after. Well, there you go. So I, th- I think this is a case of the left hand doesn't know what the right hand's doing. I like how we'll defend DS9, but if it had gone the other way, we were like, God, Voyager's a bunch of fucking hacks. Yep. Um, I mean, I can't see a lot of guys, because well, I can't see a lot of guys from Voyage, from Deep Space Nine paying a lot of attention to Voyager. Other than, hey, are they paying attention to Voyager? Good. Let's go back to our job. Yeah. Let's other- not do what they're doing. That's that's how much they're paying attention. <laughs> I'm sure- DS9 knew what they were doing from the first season. They knew from that first episode where the show was going. This nobody cares what they're doing and again are we making making an unfair comparison because on voyager they were trying to stick to the episode of the week and by our modern sensibilities where episodic television isn't our cup of tea anymore okay it's it's all okay done that with different crew members Mm mm-hmm See, but the thing is, episode. But the one thing that we've all sat here on this podcast and talked about is the Strange New Worlds show that's coming out. That's going to be supposedly episodic. That's going to be more episodic, and we're actually like, "Ooh, that'll be fun." Yeah, because Mm -hmm. I think the, I think you can take the twenty-four model, the the uh, the continual storylines too far and i think they did that in enterprise with that one season that you have to watch every episode and know what the fuck is going on yeah so i think there is a happy medium and i and i hate to come back to our like gold star student here but i think deep space nine 
did a good job of 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 doing both. Like they did have an alien of the week show, but then then they did have a four episode arc that that you could kind of sink mm-hmm. your teeth into. So you got a little yeah. bit of both. You didn't yeah. have to wait for the season finale to get uh, to be continued. It was the next week. So to make you hate Voyager just a little bit more, what if you were able to introduce some of the stuff from DS9 to Voyager? So like these characters that we meet this episode, we keep seeing them again and again until the end of the season. That's or wonderful. End, I don't, end I don't of know the series. Well, no, but we would because we would get to know them. So like how all the all the Star Treks had seven main characters, seven or eight main characters, right? DS9 had seven or eight main characters. And then they had like 30 B-list characters yeah. that were integral to the... Like there are some episodes that you spend more time with the B characters, the secondary characters rather, than you do with the main seven. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that was, I think, one of the strengths. So for Voyager with a small crew like this, and they do that with, there's a couple of characters that are kind of like that, that they bring back for surprise episodes later on that we're like, oh shit, there's that guy again. You know, but uh, like, remember how great it was for Face Off Boy last week? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we saw him, you know, and we got to know him ahead of time. So I think if yeah. we saw these four characters again and again, like spread throughout the series like oh shit there's a problem with this and dalby shows up to fix it or i would have uh, liked to see them like two weeks ago or something so that we cared on this episode but this should have been like the fifth episode of the season and have seska be one of the people in the boot camp yes thank you she goes off and doesn't conform and some of the people do and then it's not they're not all just like oh yeah we can follow the rules and I mean, and you don't even have to see him, Ben. You can just give me like, remember the one episode where, um, uh, O'Bri- not O'Brien, was called her O'Brien, where the where Torres was fighting with the other guy, and there was rumors of uh, the 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 mutiny, and like, well, you tell us, you say the word, and we'll blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. All you had to do at that point was say, okay you you say the word and i know that chell and chiron and and i'm looking at the wrong episode yeah and 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 darby and dalby they'll they're you know they're in for the cause too boom then you've established them as a character you've heard the name Mm -hmm. i've heard the name yeah well it's like the the sisters that we heard exactly entire series and we finally get to to meet them in seventh season yeah so if you do something like this like okay yeah um just drop a name and i think going back to what you were talking about with the the a cast for deep space nine and then the b cast it's hard to to expect that in the first season mm-hmm. because it is the first season we're still trying to get acclimated yeah. to the seven people that they but the have. thing is is that they don't like i know i'm you know spoilers we don't expand beyond the seven main and I, characters. But I think that's a problem of the series as well, because mm-hmm. we don't expand beyond the seven characters. We barely get B stories anymore. Yeah. And it's just like, you're, you're trying to, sh- you're shoving five pounds of Star Trek into a 10 pound bag. There's not enough, there's not enough meat on the bone for some of this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you're trying, you're, you're stretching these seven characters very thin where it's just like, dude, there's 140 people on the ship. There's a complement of 140 people. Let's just, let me see something. 
you know to some of the same faces over and over yeah like why exactly think about okay so here's there's the thing. not gonna T- be a turnover tng think of tng how many times did we see ends and flock of seagulls in the background yeah right <laughs> how many times did we see uh black dance major Bane's security team i mean i know who many friends yeah, Manny Fresh, security agent Manny Fresh. Mm-hmm. We even had, I mean, so much so that the um, what was her name? The other doctor in the uh, in the in, in with the, uh, Ogawa. The, yeah, Ogawa. Nurse she Ogawa. Be- she yeah. became like a little bit of oh, I remember her. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, he was but, in Lower Decks. Yeah. Well, even then, though, you had like people who didn't like you were talking about with the names. Doctor Salar showed up in one episode. It's the same actress who played Worf's baby mama, right? But she was a Vulcan doctor in one episode. And she but, was in New Jersey with us. Yeah. Susie she Plessy. was? Yeah. yeah. I don't I remember. She walked that. by. She came out of her room and walked right by me. Oh, shit. I did don't you, recall this. Did you look at her and go, Kapla? <laughs> or live long Pants and prosper. Did. Yeah, Kapla. No, but so, you know, but they mentioned Dr. Salar multiple times. After, like in episodes much later, where they're like, you know, you'll hear in the background, Dr. Salar report to sickbay, you know. Yeah. So they had that continuity stuff, and we don't get that here. Yeah. We, for seven years, we don't get that, mm-hmm. except for two cases. Here, hang on. I have to pee. Talk amongst yourselves. So it's. I Is this know. a case where like there's different writers that kind of are kind of like you said the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing? Like everybody's yeah. writing their own individual episodes and not like getting together to work on this overall continuity. Like there's no showrunner, you know? Yeah. Like, well, I think you had New York. You, well, you have that, but it, it just wasn't as finely tuned as what they were able to get to on DS9. Like when that show started, when, and I hate to just keep harping on how great DS9 was. You know, I don't. Like Voyager, but it was. Yeah. But like <laughs> there, there are weeks, I swear to God, when I sit down to watch the episode for the week, I'll sit down and Netflix will be like, oh, do you want to continue watching DS9? And I'm like, oh, God, more ways than you'll ever know. <laughs> you know, but it, and it's not because Voyager is so bad. I think it's just so bad by comparison. Yeah, I can see that. You know, th- yeah. we've, we've called DS9 the middle student, but now that middle student graduated and they went to college and they got like that full ride scholarship to Harvard. And now the, the kid that we babied and spoiled just wants to sit home and, and eat Chick-fil-A all fucking day and not get a goddamn job. And you have to kick their ass out and make them finally work at a fast food place. And you're like, well, just fucking go to school. I mean, your brother's in fucking Harvard. Everybody loves you. He fucking cured a disease that had not even been named yet. Right. Jeez, disease. What, are, what are you doing? Oh, you, you, God damn it, Kyle. You brought fucking cheese into the house and you got it in the air conditioner and it ruined everything. Now the whole house <laughs> smells like fucking cheese. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And just your mother and I know you're smoking weed up there. Don't, don't pretend like you don't. Just, there's no way that they had cheese that fucking fucking funky that it infected the entire ship and he's not smoking a whole bunch we, of weed hell yeah. i don't know now i'm mad I, I went into this liking the episode almost or at least not hating it but now i'm just i, I hate Honestly, the I, fucking I, franchise i don't see how you liked it that much we just wore him down i just, just i i don't I, I, I just like, think I, he just likes it out of spite <laughs> and i don't reason. here's the thing is 
And Jenny, I think you know how much spite I can hold. Oh, I know. Right? I can't hold <laughs> enough spite to maintain it for this episode. So it's just like... <laughs> he tried. It was like a valiant it, effort. It, my, my spite shields are buckling. And, and I, I, it's just like, I got to divert power to my warp core. Mm-hmm. Which... You, from you, the warp core. You don't divert power to the warp core. You divert power to the warp engines. That's fine. But you can't divert power to the warp core because the warp core is where the fucking energy comes from for the whole fucking ship, you stupid fucking person on the internet that I'm not going to say the name of right now. Okay? So I'm just telling you, you need to calm your shit. All right? And just calm You the need fuck to calm down. down. You but need to calm down. You, you, you're you the can, one that's you, getting riled up here, you Ben. You can fucking divert the power to the engines you can divert power to the life support you can divert power it's anywhere okay. it's okay to it's okay. the fucking core it's okay it's okay somebody can be wrong ben about the star trek not on something not not when you proclaim yourself to be an expert <laughs> i'm gonna leave it alone i'm just i mean as a i'm not an expert i'm just I'm just a person who watches the show. Yeah, we're pundits. Yeah. Uh-huh. I guess we can, I guess you can call us Star Trek pundits. That's fine. We we kind I, of we kind dibs of on being Carville. We kind of fall into punditry at times. We have opinions that aren't necessarily informed or 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 backed up by fact and truth. <laughs> um, There's a lot of feelings going on tonight. Are, are we the Fox News of Star Trek podcasts? No, no. We're Trek and friends. <laughs> <laughs> That's fairly accurate, honestly. The thing is, I know what I like. And and the thing is, I don't want to be hard on Voyager, but I think I'm going to have to look at Voyager like the Baseball Hall of Fame here, where it's like, if you hit 320, you're going to get in. Like, I'm looking at it like a batting average for yeah. a baseball player. You got 300 wins. You're in the hall. Yeah. Like, there are 174 episodes. If I like a third of them, I guess I'm going to have to be content with that. Yeah. Have you liked the third of them so far? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what there's, we've watched 16 of them. You've okay. Got so, so of the 15 episodes, a third of them fit one storyline. A third of them fit. A, it's like, okay, malfunctioning holodeck, time travel. Anomaly. People becomes energy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so if you like a third of them, it's like, well, pick a story, you know, tempo that you like, because it's just like the writers. I don't I don't want to talk shit about the writers. I'm sorry. I, I'll just I don't think you have to talk shit about the writers, but I do think there are as writing is hard. Writing is very difficult. And this is I mean, this is high pressure writing. You're writing for a network television program. A new. Here's the thing. You're writing for a new series. That's part of a franchise that at this point has been going on for what thirty years, yeah. right? So you're writing that's hugely successful, hugely successful now because this 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 breakthrough series TNG has has blown up, right? And in in you you've got so you've got to carry the weight of the franchise. You got to carry the weight of that continuity, like somebody writing for DC Comics or something. You you step into Superman, it's not easy. But then you're you're the backbone show for a new network. 
That's the other thing. So yeah, they should have had of enough resources to pull it together. It doesn't seem like they did. Well, no, I think they had the resources, but I think you have the interference. I got to think that they were just getting so many fucking notes from the yeah. network. And I think that, and I think we even get a little bit of that in the book that we, that we, Ben and I have read that we haven't reviewed on Patreon. Oh no, um, it, it, it was never about tits and ass. It was about exploring the characteristics of whatever. Next line down, it was totally about tits and ass. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that's the kind of thing. The guys at the top thought that they were, you know, oh, well, we're going to craft this, 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 you know, masterpiece of television. And the guys on the front line are like these, the guys at the front office are idiots. I mean, there was that disparity between the two, and it just Chicote shows up, gets his check, and leaves. I just, yeah. <laughs> I just feel like there's not a lot of risks being taken, and you go from something as risky and kind of edgy in Deep Space Nine to this, and it's just like it's it's a real downgrade. It's like, how did I not know? I'm sure they said it before, but how did I not know this ship had living components? That should have been like a a big factor in the storytelling at some point in the first season. But I like, it was a surprise to me. I was like, what are they talking about? These bio gel packs. And see, the thing is, is they, they mentioned it in the first episode. Yeah. But it's not like you got hammered by it, you know, like I've heard isolinear chips so many times it fries my brain, but I never heard about these bio gel packs. But I mean, think of all, but I mean, even if you did though, think of all the techno jargon they throw around like confetti at a New Year's Eve party. But it at just, least it would have prepared you for this storyline. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, there's so much techno babble that happens on a daily basis on this on this show. Your eyes roll back in your head. So at some point yeah. it just gets lost. It just turns into Charlie Brown's teacher. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, just at some point it's just wah, 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 wah. This entire episode, I almost fell asleep during that part where at the end it's just like five solid minutes of techno babble. That would have been a merciful like, way to go. Yeah, but again, <laughs> but if if you learn that you can bend the rules, then we can learn to follow them. Fuck you. It's like just calm the fuck on. It's just so it's just corny bullshit. Yeah, I rolled my eyes was... so hard that I was like, uh, <laughs> not corny, Bob. Cheesy. <laughs> sorry but yeah it's just you know and we haven't even gotten to the neelix cheese part of it that it's just so fucking dumb so some ensign wanted macaroni and cheese so neelix made cheese he probably put raisins in it or something yeah, he, did some white, <laughs> he did some white people shit <laughs> He just lay, he just boiled some noodles and put some slices of American cheese on top. He's like, voila. Yeah. <laughs> There's some dumbass white people stuff. I know what Neelix does. And I, I'm sorry, but if I've got replicator rations, right? Everybody gets a certain amount of rations for the replicator. And you you can't live on what you get, but you get some. So you're you're keep me alive shit. You get the basics from Neelix. But something that I want, like mom's apple pie or mac and cheese. Plomex soup. Plomex soup. I'm going to go to the fucking replicator and yeah. be like, mm-hmm. hey, computer, make me some of this good shit. Because Neelix is trying to kill my ass with some bacteria-laden cheese. And you know Neelix is going to try to jazz up mac and cheese. He's not going to make the good you know, old Kraft's macaroni from the box. He's, he's going to add go. nutmeg. He's yeah. going to, I mean. Raisins. It doesn't need sriracha. <laughs> But yeah, 
he he's he's the white boy that you bring home to your black family and he fucks it up and then you're like you're almost uninvited i mean i've gone to black cookouts i've gone to thanksgiving with my black family and i know better i bring some fucking ice (laughs) i i i just like you know get i i do the bucky barnes i'm gonna bring a fucking you know pre-made store-bought cake for dessert maybe a bad one of them big things of cookies that the kids like for dessert but i'm not making mac and cheese i'm not making any kind of casserole dish i know better you know where when I bring? Said, when you said I've been to Thanksgiving with my black family, you sounded like Bradley Whitfield from yeah. Get Out. Yeah, I, hey, if I could have voted for mom <laughs> again, I would. So here's the thing: when I go to my my white in laws' family or my white family members' extended family, I bring my green bean casserole because I know that they go crazy about that shit. That's all. <laughs> I love how you said, I love how you said white. <laughs> like Ben's, white. When I go to my white families, I was like, that's awesome. Even Ben's doing you it. You don't see your family, Benjamin. Well, when I did. I'm just saying. This, <laughs> I'm just saying. This when episode, I borrowed yours, I, I brought green bean casserole. Fair. Fair. <laughs> and out of anyone on the ship, okay, Tuvok is frustrated with the situation. Who's, who's he going to talk to about it? Neelix, he's going to talk to Neelix about it. Really? Well, thank God he did. Really? He's the morale officer. Come on, man. We've already established that Neelix, that Tuvok ain't got time for Neelix. Why isn't he talking to Janeway? Yeah. They're they're besties. They're best. Exactly. Yeah, they're best friends. Because he, here's the thing, he can't, even though they are, because he's a Vulcan. And he's 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 in his his swim lane. That's fine, but have Janeway come up to him and say, "Hey, Tuvok, what's what's wrong? You look down. How do we turn that frown upside down?" Maybe have him talk to Torres, who was once a who was a loyal Maki soldier who's kind of learned to adapt to a little bit of the Federation ways, but yet keeping that that maquis spirit alive in her maybe talk to her but she'd be chakotay how did you command these guys yes like how'd you keep them in line like how what can i learn from you i uh, was actually surprised they didn't get chakotay to do the the training are you though <laughs> well not really <laughs> i've already done my six lines i'm it's out like, yo man i got a thing okay i got a second job at best buy i gotta sell I got some the... weed to neelix <laughs> i got to punch somebody i'm done that was, I did, I I did appreciate that. He's like, when he comes in and he sits down, he's like, okay, okay. And he's like, yeah, we should do this the Maquis way. And he's like, okay, the Maquis way. I got you. Okay. Okay. Whap. I was like, yeah. okay. That, and that's that another was, thing too. Like you, you get to see like flashes of brilliance from a Chakotay. Mm-hmm. But overall as a character, he's just completely underwhelming. Like there are points in the first season where you go, he seems pretty cool. Like I like this dude. You know, even mm-hmm. like the the wheel episode's goofy and it's mm-hmm. kind of stupid, but it, it gives his character a little more racist background. Like not racist, but stereotypical. <laughs> but, but it's something. And then that whole scene was pretty awesome. And, you know, like he there's some there's some meat there, but it's just it always falls into like, well, he's a Native American. Let's do some Native American shit. Oh, uh, I don't think Native Americans punch like that, Bob. I, I really don't. I, <laughs> if he was, he would have hit him with his tomahawk. Yeah. But it's just <laughs> <laughs> you almost expect it from this bullshit writers. Yes. Uh, 
But to go back to the, what you were talking about with the writers, Ben, I, yes, writing is difficult. This is a very difficult series to write. I don't necessarily blame them. I think they were getting a lot of, I think the shit rolls downhill. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe this, you know what? Maybe this was everything we wanted it to be as an episode when they first wrote it. Who knows what notes look like, but I mean, come on, man. Well, usually somebody has has leaked the notes to, you know, Wikipedia or something and you get the, oh, well, according to an AOL chat from December of, of 1996, the and writer said this. The, the inciting incident is cheese and what makes it worse is we never see these characters again. Never again. Because, you know, here's the thing. You know, the uh, goth kid, he never recovered from the gas. <laughs> Tuvok was okay because he's, he's, he's got, you know, Vulcan lungs or some shit. You know, what, you know what happened to the goth kid? He liked the way the gas felt. He kept huffing it and died. Like mm-hmm. in two episodes later, he was like, "That was great. I can't wait to do that again." Yeah, Mister. Oh, replicating well, it, ether. Yeah. If, if you can, if you can bend the rules, I can, I can start to follow them. He didn't follow them. <laughs> he he kept right on doing what he did until, uh, well, bad. They really happened. should have gone with the flatliners cult. Like some people in the crew just want to be on the edge of dying. I like it. And then, uh, you know what, man? And then, too, you go to the next episode, the 37s, right? You look at the Wikipedia page. It's unnecessarily long. I I like the next episode. I remember seeing it and liking it, but I'm just saying the Wikipedia page for this is entirely too long. There were some Deep Space Nine episodes where the Wikipedia page was a paragraph. Yeah. You'd get four sentences. Mm -hmm. This has the writing and share a whole section about Sharon Lawrence. A whole section. She gets a whole section. This ain't Memory Alpha. Yeah. Go to Memory Alpha, that nonsense. The background, the landing, the USS Voyager for the original Star Trek to avoid tremendous costs of landing the Enterprise every week. Gene Roddenberry, blah, 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 blah. So they talk about the expense, blah, 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 blah. Like, get the fuck out of here. But the weird part is, too, like when you go down on this super extended and unnecessarily long wikipedia page we may be the only one because in 2020 gizmod whatever that is uh gizmodo g-i-z-m-o-d-o listed Mm -hmm. this episode as one of the must watch episodes from season one really this episode yes it's one of it is certainly one of the episodes of season one (laughs) i I will say that (laughs) this would be in my top 15 episodes of season one (laughs) um (laughs) sure here we go this uh tv.com lists learning curve with a rating of 8.1 out of 10 but then other people have said like oh it's just terrible gives it a rating of one of four recruits which i don't know what that means from doug doc somebody said it had an obvious satisfying ending there's no way that ending was satisfying for anybody but it was definitely obvious yeah yes the obvious part is there all you needed was like the the (laughs) breeze frame everywhere you look there's a place (laughs) you're here to hold on to everywhere you look you know fuck man (laughs) It's just, it sucks. It's just, it's just bullshit. (laughs) It was terrible. 
And I don't, and again, I don't want to, and, and now the next, my next marker is the fucking clown episode, the, the, the opera. That's just, that makes this look like, I mean, I think this episode's worse, but at least it has the, the luxury of being a season one episode. Really, like they're just trying to figure it out. When they do the opera season six, it's season six. And the holograms yeah, are famous. Yeah, better by, now, by yeah, that point. Dude. But it's just, yeah. get this cheese to sick bay. <laughs> Dumb. So stupid. It's just, I don't know, man. We just, maybe we expect too much. Well, I've, I've just yeah. had my, uh, my questions about the hollow novel explained to me. Oh, so. nice. Um, ben, you said you Was it worth here. it? <laughs> ben you said you're gonna rate this episode higher than the rest yeah. of us so i so, would love to, i would love to hear the the bar for this so one. i started out giving it a six he's got visual aids so this is for the patreons <laughs> i started out giving it a six but look, they I, can't just hear you say they have to but, see it you're yeah. just trolling me now because i can't put my video up <laughs> but as i as i went along i was like well wait Neelix is in the episode, so automatically <laughs> deduct one. So I was going to give it a five, but the more we talked about it, the more I realized how fucking stupid this was. And what really cinched it for me was the fact when when Dennis pointed out that this was written by the same writers that did Lower Decks, which I know was a much better episode, and it really felt like this was just this was the wish. This is the wish.com version. <laughs> Someone make so that meme immediately. Someone so do that's it. why I'm giving it a 4.5. Someone make the meme of, 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 uh, uh, Amazon lower decks, wish cheese episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So mm -hmm. 4.5 is my, uh, my final score for this. Um, I have held back from giving super low scores because as I've said many times before, I know how, just like I knew how good DS9 would get, I know how bad Voyager gets. But I mean, how is it going to get guess, any worse than this? Oh. But See, here's the thing is like, again, you don't have a, like a limited number of bad scores that you can hand out. But I understand what he's saying because many, he wants to have like a watershed mark. Like this is scales. Yeah. yeah. I want the scale. It's like, yeah. I want, I want a 4.5 from my first season to be worth as much as a 4.5 from the seventh season. And that's not the case with my scores on TNG. Like if I gave an episode of- You don't rate them by the season. Like like if something in season one is bad, you don't rate it a little bit higher than season six. Like Bob was saying by season no. six, they should know better. They should know how to write better by then. No, because I go the other way okay. where it's just like, you know, and I think with TNG though, I didn't intentionally do that, but- you get used to good stuff and then when they have a bad one you're like oh that's a five yeah well that seventh season five would be a first season nine nine <laughs> yeah. you know yeah. right so, and, and i didn't take that into consideration so when i went into to ds9 though i'd kind of got used to this whole podcasting thing after seven years and so i was like okay let's What's let's a podcast and well you see you take a tape deck and you get some Doors albums, and it goes downhill from there. So, I, I tried with 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 uh, 
DS9 to say, I know the heights this is going to hit. So I'm going to save my nines and I'm, you know, and, and try to, to balance it. With Voyager, I'm trying to do that too, except with the lows. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to, it's like when you normalize audio for your mm -hmm. podcast, I'm trying to normalize so that my highs and lows are within a, a range. Now they're going to have to be some times when I drop to a three and there could be some times when I jump up to a, to an eight or a nine, but I'm trying to, to, to make them so that it's, it's even across. Yeah. But anyway, I'm Ben, I'm going to, I'm going to feel what you're saying on that. Um, because you want, you want your scores to appear even throughout, but I don't think I've seen an episode of Voyager this bad so far. I don't think I've seen an episode of Star Trek this bad in a long, long time. Damn. I think the last episode that I remember disliking this much of Star Trek may have been maybe Masks of season seven of TNG or maybe like the Rape Ghost Sub Rosa. Mm -hmm. But that's how far back we have to go. This is just, it's just dribble. And it's not necessarily the episode itself. It's the wasted potential of it. It's like, it's, I look at it. Like I look at this episode almost like for, to put it in like a baseball term, like, 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 uh, like Dwight Gooden, almost like Dr. K, you know, he, he, he had all this potential to be great. He showed flashes of brilliance. He did dominate at some points, but then he got into the drugs and he ruined his life and he ruined his baseball career. And eventually he just burned out and went away. Like I think the writers of this show had a bad cocaine habit towards the end of the first Maybe, season. maybe they did, Dennis. <laughs> likely. Maybe they did. They if couldn't they handle it like Keith Hernandez. Yeah. If they didn't, they probably wanted one. It's just the potential if the potential for a show to be i would like to see voyager now because i think in some aspects we're getting that with discovery discovery is new voyager because you're setting yourself so far out that continuity and and and, and the rule book and all that other stuff canon is just thrown out the window because it doesn't matter anymore because you're 800 years into the future i think voyager had the chance to do that they didn't and it shows and the show suffers. I'm going to give this episode a two. It's Jeez. just, it's just bad. It was, wow. it was really bad. Um, I was inclined to say two also, but it also inspired me to buy some good ass cheese to eat along with the episode. <laughs> and I got some delicious blueberry Stilton that was worth Ooh. an extra point. So I'm going to give it a three. Okay. <laughs> just because I wanted cheese. <laughs> I like it though. Right, but you know, what, Jenny? you know what, Jenny? I'm glad you found something enjoyable out of this. Yes. I could take the bad and make it into something good. That's really good. Life gave you a terrible episode of Voyager. You made lemonade. That's a wonderful <laughs> attitude to have. Cheese you know? <laughs> Dennis, like what about you? What about you, friend? It's a 2.5 for me, dog. Now, Ben's making faces, but he gave it a four. No, no, no! Uh, I'm not. That way, I'm, I'm, I'm getting a migraine. Just the more I'm exposed to this Wikipedia page for, for this episode. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nauseating. It's unnecessary. It's bloated. It's just someone pontificating for no reason about nonsense. Like I would love just to leave a comment that I don't know would get taken down. Why do we need all this? Like, 
Just put no one cares. Yeah, okay. it's about cheese for God's well, sake. Well, since I'm a respected member of the Wikipedia community, maybe I can do some editing on this page. At this point, I don't know. Maybe you can add our take to the reception. In, yeah. 2000 and, in 2021, the longest running non-consecutive Star Wars podcast on the internet, Dork <laughs> Trek, said this episode was a revolting hunk of shit. <laughs> You know, I'm, I I go back to what we said, Bob, about writing being hard, but I'm looking at the episodes that these two wrote together. And one, so Jenny will appreciate this because she's dealt with them, but they're freelancers. Which is hard. Which is hard, but also you don't always get the best product. Now, was it story by or written by? Written by. Written okay. by. What other and episodes did these guys do, Ben? They did TNG's Imaginary Friend. I don't know if I remember Not that great. one. It's, uh, that, that girl is seeing another like ghost girl on the ship or something, and she's breaking, breaking stuff and trying to make the little girl like Limp leave, leave the ship. Yeah, schisms. Which uh, isn't that a tool song? Schisms. Yeah. No, it's it's the uh, what is it? They go one to the sleep and wake ones. up. Yeah, they wake up exhausted because they're getting. It's the alien abduction episode. Is it that one or is it Night Terrors? I know there's Night Terrors is similar to that. No, this is the one where they get sucked into a subspace. Uh, the ones place. with the like, uh, like long wrinkly noses and like. Well, the weird. Snuffleupagus uh, nose people. The the weird operating room. They had a table with an arm over it. Yeah. Oh, I remember that episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, they wrote okay. that one. That was that was a pretty good episode. It wasn't wasn't bad ish lessons. So the card has a girlfriend. Was that it? Yeah. yeah. That was the uh the she worked in stellar cartography. Lower and they decks, played obviously. and they played the 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 Keyboard. music together and then yeah, she and died. The yeah. You know what? That was a pretty good episode. Now I don't yeah. know what we scored these episodes. I would like to find out next week, Dennis. Maybe you could tell us if you have that technology in your hotel room. I'm not sure what you have. Well, but let me I see would... if I can pull it up without breaking my whole fucking internet here. And then they have two <laughs> two more episodes of Voyager better later on so i remember i don't know it's so long ago who fucking knows but i remember the picard episode with the girlfriend i thought that was sweet mm -hmm. imaginary she... friend we gave 5.5 5. all right that's not bad okay uh schisms we gave a 6.5 that's pretty deep okay uh lessons we gave a 7.13 wow lower decks how'd we do with that one we love lower decks yeah uh, 7.5. Okay. So, yeah, we liked it. I mean, Christ, they based there's a whole animated series based on Lower Decks. I wonder if those guys get any credit for that. Because they should, right? I don't know if they it, did they come up with a name. I mean, that whole show is based on that episode, the whole uh, premise of that episode. Is it? Is it? Yeah, kind of. Well, from, from a manager's point of view, I would say, yeah, you know, saying it was based on that episode is kind of a, a I wonder if they're getting it. paid from that. I hope they are, because, I mean, that would be cool for them. Because Lower Decks is a great episode. That Lessons episode was good. Schism was okay. This episode is just bullshit. Yeah. It's just garbage. But I could definitely see um, a possibility where they wrote a really good episode originally. They sent it off to the network yeah. who then took it and wiped their asses with it. No. Yeah. Is, there, is there a teleplay by for this episode? No. 
It's just story by the network executive said, Hey, we were talking to a focus group and um, <laughs> the focus group said, now hear me out. Yeah. Focus group said that they really like cheese. Do you think you could work cheese into the episode somehow? I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but do it. We're the trying folk. to get a, a Velveeta sponsorship. And since that's mm-hmm. artificial cheese, we really want to hammer that Our, real cheese is dangerous. Our numbers aren't good in Albuquerque. Albuquerque well, see, really likes cheese. The Green Bay area, <laughs> we're really losing viewership. Brett Favre well, is hot. We, we don't know if it's because of the woman captain or the Native American first officer or the lack of cheese. So we're going to try something this week. We'd I would like give, I would give this cheese. episode a seven if I knew that they did it just to try and get Brett Favre to do a walk-on appearance. At some point. <laughs> could we get Brett Favre? Maybe we could. Let's in, try. In 1995? Ooh. He's hot. He was MVP in 96, wasn't he? Or they won the Super Bowl, I think, in 96. Yeah. Okay. So like, maybe that's what it was. Hmm. Let's, can we get Brett Favre? Maybe Brett Favre could be the cheese. Cheese by Favre Farms. What? We could have him, you know, they were cheese heads there. We can dress him up like a little piece of cheese. He'd be like, hey, I'm if Brett not Favre. him, you know, Sterling Sharp, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how that would play in middle America, Sterling Sharp. <laughs> he played in middle America. <laughs> it's, too, it's too urban. The name is Fancy. It's ur- it's urban. His brother is kind of mouthy. Yeah, that's not going to play well in the flyover states. Mouthy. Maybe we just make it regular cheese. Just cheese cheese. Try to get international viewers. The French love cheese, right? <laughs> but yeah, this is a so According to Memory Alpha, Uh-oh. Lower Decks was created by Mike McMahon. The series is an adult animation comedy produced in association with Titmouse Incorporated and forms part of Alex Kurtzman's five-year deal with CBS to expand Star Trek franchise. Lower Decks focuses on the support crew serving on one of Starfleet's least important ships. I understand that, but I'm saying if I am these two writers and I'm sitting at home, pounded out of my keyboard, sending pitches and spec scripts, to network executives and i see a tv show a star trek tv show called lower decks i'm calling my fucking lawyer and And i'm saying i've i've whiffled on this a couple of back and forth and i will my final answer is now that we've talked about it um i do not blame the writers for this episode because looking at what their pedigree is even though they're they're freelancers the episodes that they've written in the past were decent episodes. Yeah. Well, the lady yep. never written anything else besides Star Trek. Yeah. Like those episodes she wrote with this guy, that's the only thing she's ever written. Yeah. So I think I think he was trying to bang her and she's like, yeah, yeah, I'll give her writer credit. No, I think she did all the work. Maybe that too, yeah. And he took the credit for it because it's 19 fucking 95 and that's what men did back then. It was a yeah. different time, yeah. He wrote for another show, but I can't pull it up right now. But um, Ronald Wilkerson? Yeah. Yeah. All I'm saying is, look, man, I'm calling my lawyer. <laughs> I'm calling my lawyer. If I'm like, because think how we feel sometimes as a dumb podcast. And I know some of it's bit, but like the two dick thing, like we're mm-hmm. like, that's oh, not a bit. That's not a bit. I'm not. sorry. It's, it's really not. 
but Klingons have two dicks now. What the fuck? We said that. That's bullshit. I can't believe yeah. they wouldn't give us credit. Think if you're sitting at home on your MacBook plotting away some fucking spec script for bull or some fucking ny or new york blue or whatever the fucking show is and you're just trying to make a couple bucks and all of a sudden you're watching you know uh, cbs all access and all of a sudden you see lower decks i'm calling my fucking attorney immediately so think about like if you design stuff on t public and then you're watching rupaul's drag race and you see something that looks exactly like something work for hire Work for hire. <laughs> so here's the thing. At the, uh, I went to the notes on, uh, I've been looking while we were talking. Oh, hang on. Before you go, uh, Ronald Wilkinson wrote three episodes of Stargate SG-1. Yeah. Uh, Which ones? Um, he, wrote, he wrote three episodes, Bounty, excerpts written by Covenant, uh, Inauguration, Disclosure, Sight Unseen. Some of these are excerpts by, some of them are stories. So he did some work on... Yeah on stargate sg1 yeah. another quality series that uh you, you know, if you want to check out my other podcast gaten uh <laughs> but it's spelled g-a-y-t-i-n okay it's it's, it's uh, from, a, from a gay perspective i like that and uh you know gates mcfadden should do a stargate podcast she's probably gonna do a star she's Trek doing podcast. a she's yeah. doing a podcast now yeah. i just don't know what it's about my son the murderer Ways I covered up Wesley's gruesome crimes. <laughs> but in a, the reception, it's a true, it's a true crime podcast. Uh-huh. In the reception notes, in, at the bottom of the page for for Memory Alpha's entry on Lower Decks, one uh, Jerry Taylor described the episode as one of the best episodes of the season. Duh. Um, there were rumors at the time. After the show aired, rumors emerged that the characters of the episode were being introduced to become characters on Star Trek Voyager. Taylor remarked, it was just a rampant rumor that would not die. I'm just as mystified uh, as to why people thought these three middle-aged people, Rick, Michael, and myself, would ever create a series that had nothing but a bunch of young 90210 people on it. It was just absolutely out of the question. Ronald Moore, who I actually think is one of the greatest writers in American television history, uh, said that I thought it was a great episode. If Ronald Moore ever read anything that I wrote and said I thought it was a great episode, I, I would, yeah, I would die. Um, <laughs> and then the last note is this episode is the inspiration for Star Trek Lower Decks. Series creator Mike McMahon describes it as his favorite episode of Star Trek and screened it for the episode for the writers' room of the new series. So they acknowledge it. Hey, uh, yes, I hope they're doing it with the with their checkbooks. That's well, what you the, know, they don't have to pay when you. they go to cons to try and sell copies of their strip their script yeah but still though i hope they can sit next to the inner light guy and uh, not have to pay for their table hey can i get a flute (laughs) (laughs) he sells the flutes and the scripts and the scripts i i just i just hope they're getting credit for their their idea because again i think how we feel about it sometimes and it's like dude i hope they're getting paid for that but that's again neither here nor there and if they're not they should be but yes that was one of the worst episodes in the history of Star Trek. Uh, I looked at our poll that we had last week. Uh, I'll put up a new poll. Is this one of the? Is this the worst episode in Star Trek history? Uh, that'll be the new poll that I put up on Dork Trek on our um, Twitter account. Hang on. For bonus points, what's your favorite cheese that infected an entire starship? What's your favorite cheese? Um, our poll. Oh, yeah, that's a better poll. Yeah. 
our poll ended up with 30 votes. Not bad. Um, 36% said yes. Do you like Neelix? Uh, 63% said no. So there you go. The no's have it for Neelix. Um, that I'll do. What's Landslide. Landslide, yep. If that was a Republican candidate, they would have thought that the election was stolen from them. That's how much of a landslide it was. And then they would write a bunch of laws that would make it harder for brown people to vote. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I mean, that's what they that's what Republicans do. Um, America. It's America, Jack. What should what should I list for what's your favorite cheese on the on the poll? American. Uh, Just make them all American. <laughs> <laughs> Cheddar. Cheddar. Yep. Little um, Colby Jack. Velveeta. I think you can only do like four options on a Twitter poll. Uh, Cheddar. Colby Swiss. Jack. It's, it's Colby Jack. I'll do Swiss. Yeah. Mm. Uh, American, and then Neelix's death cheese. <laughs> Neelix's dick cheese. <laughs> so we have cheddar, Swiss, American, or Neelix death cheese. You can go to uh, at Dorktrek. That's our Twitter account at Dorktrek, and you can vote on the poll, which will be running for. An entire week. What is what's your favorite cheese? Cheddar, Swiss, American, Neelix death cheese. So there you go. I just found my next purchase. Oh, is it death cheese? No. <laughs> it relates to this episode to All our right. discussion tonight, but so speaking of this episode, this is the end of the episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. We're through season one of Voyager. Only six left. I wish they would. I wish they could all be fifteen episodes, but mm -hmm. the gods are against us. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with season two, episode. Uh, I don't know. Who gives a fuck anymore? Season two, episode one. Yeah, the thirty sevens. <laughs> I heard that episode's good. I remember watching that one. I liked it. I'm a big uh, fan of Amelia Earhart. The Wikipedia uh, page is entirely too long. My my good friend Harry Turtle Dove just uh, released a book about Amelia Earhart alternate history this past February. So I'll be bringing that up next week. All right. Uh, who wants to say it? Hey, how's that soy latte coming? There you go. Everyone. <laughs>